Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast. I am Michael Obeyer. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, in which he intends, at the end of time, to raise up a people who will rule with him. Before I go any further, I want to encourage you to like our page, to subscribe to our channel, and if there is a notification bell icon, I would like you to hit that bell so you can be notified anytime we upload new videos. I want to encourage you to like this page so that we can develop the number of likes that we have so that we can come up in the rankings because we have a message that is critical for this hour and this time. So thank you so much for those of you who are already doing so. If you'd like to support our ministry, you can visit our website at templeoftruth.us. That's www.templeoftruth.us. Or you can go to patreon.com and look for our handle, Emerging Temple. Okay. First Kings chapter 6, verse 7 and 8. And the house, when it was in building, was built of stone, made ready before it was brought thither, so that there was neither hammer, nor axe, nor any tool, of iron heard in the house while it was in building. The door for the middle chamber was in the right side of the house and they went up with winding stairs into the middle chamber and out of the middle into the third. Okay, now I want you to listen for a second, okay? Verse seven says, when the house was being built, it was built with stone made ready before it was brought brought there can anybody tell me why you think the bible found it necessary to tell us that the, the the stone was worked on far away from the temple before it was brought to the temple no work was done around the temple can anybody say why no violence in the temple okay no there's actually a scripture and it's in the commandment that god gave to moses he said that the altar that we shall make to him shall not be with chisel stone. Okay? We will, every, God didn't want any effort in anything being done for him. Is everybody with me? We are saved by what? Grace. Not of works, correct? Right. Yeah. So, so notice God doesn't want any work being done where? In the temple. Do you see the coded message? There's no other explanation. What's the big deal? Why didn't we just stand in the, in the, in outside, you know, in the yard and, you know, break the stones? Why do we have to do all the work someplace else and then bring it? Okay? And the Bible takes its time to explain that to you. Okay? All right. So I just wanted to use that example to let you know that there's so much in there that you shouldn't just, you know, skip. Okay. 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 Why don't I, why don't, okay. For the sake, for the sake, okay. I'll, I'll finish. And then for the sake of those who might be listening at home in the future, I'll find the scripture in Moses in the um, book. What I don't, I think it's Leviticus or numbers where God tells Moses not to use hewn stone. Okay. Um, to build his altar. Okay. God didn't want any work. Okay. And even he said, God also said that when you're offering the sacrifice, that should sweat from your forehead, shouldn't drop on what you're doing, right? Do you guys remember that? 
No. Okay. All right. That's fine. We'll come. To, we'll come back to that. Okay. All right. Um, so six and seven is all about the temple being built, um, the the outer court, holy place, holy of holies. Okay. okay. And in chapter eight, we see the second time God appears um, to Solomon. Okay. Solomon builds the temple, and after he builds the temple, he prays. I remember the place, the Bible says the place was so full with the, with the glory of God that the people couldn't go in. You know, everybody ever read that in chapter eight? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. And in chapter nine, after the, the, the temple is dedicated, God appears to Solomon one more time and says, okay, look, if you will walk in my ways and do like your father David did, I'll establish your kingdom forever. Now, did Solomon walk in God's ways all the days of his life? No. Okay, good. All right. Then in chapter 10, we see that the queen of Sheba came to visit, visit King Solomon. Who can tell me where Sheba is today? Ethiopia. Very good. Very good. Very good. Ethiopia and Yemen. Okay. So remember the emperors of Ethiopia are said to descend from the queen of Sheba. Remember? Yeah. Anybody ever heard that? Anybody know that? Anybody ever heard of Haile Selassie? Mm -hmm. Yes. Liz, have you ever heard of Haile Selassie? Yeah. Okay, good. He's supposedly a descendant of, queen, of the queen of Sheba. Okay. Well, his, that his family, not just he. All right. And um, look at verse 7 of chapter 10. So the queen of Sheba watches King Solomon administering justice. And she goes, wow, I heard about your wisdom. But now I see that even the half of it wasn't told me. Okay. And uh, we come back to verse 14. And notice it says, now the weight of the gold that came to Solomon in one year was how much? 600 score and six. Do you recognize that number? Six, six, six. Six, six, six. Very important because six, 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 okay? Now you and I will say 666, but it's six it's six hundred six score and six, something like that, right? Is it am I correct? No, three score. What is no what what is sixty? Three score. A score is twelve, right? Mm -hmm. or, or is the score twenty? What's the score? Twenty or twelve? Twenty. Twenty. Okay, good. Six hundred three score and six, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. This is the number of the Antichrist. And remember, we said that it simply means man's glory or man's wisdom or man's power to its zenith. Okay. We are able to do things today that men in the past only never even dreamt of. Okay. So we are at the time of 666. Do you guys all understand what I mean by that, please? Anybody have a question? Do you mean that we're doing things that people would have never imagined in the past, like, you know, um, sending people to, to Mars and, 
yes. um, of the computers yes. and artificial intelligence and all of these yes. things going on. Yes, yes. We have gotten to the peak. And if you notice, like when you listen, say, to music, new music, it's not as uplifting, not because of your age, but it's not as uplifting as music from maybe even 30 years ago, right? Yes. In other words, it's almost like we've come to an end and we're like in overtime. There's really nothing, there's really nothing. It's like, we're just getting better at whatever it is we, we arrived at. So we're, we're now at the peak, man is now at his peak. Okay, man has come to the end, okay? Six is the number, the Bible says is the number for man. So when you have six, 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 you've come to the completion of man, okay? So the people who used the number 600, they knew what six meant. 60, they knew what six meant. And six, they knew what six meant, okay? So you don't have to think about it in our numerics. You know, in our numerics, we'll write the letter, we'll write the, the numeral six, three times, correct? Yes. It's okay to go with that, but better still to go with the written form in your imagination, 660 and six. And you know anything that has to do with six has to do with man. So this is just saying that Solomon's glory reached its zenith where gold was concerned. For every year he got 666 talents of gold. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to stop there. My chapter was a, was a bit more abstract. So I don't know who's supposed to take it. over from chapter 11. Well, it was me. <clears throat> okay. Is there any question about chapters 6 through 10 before we go on? No, like you None. said, it has a lot of, um, you know, my question when I was reading it was, uh, wow, it seems like it's packed with a whole bunch of, of symbology. I yeah. wasn't sure what the overall, what was the takeaway that we were, if, instead of looking at each of those things in detail, what was the takeaway that we were supposed to take from the chapter in summary? Yeah, and we, look, and we looked at one, for example, the hewing of the stones away from the temple. Yes. And we said that that was that was equivalent to you and I trying to earn salvation by works. Yes. Yeah. So the temple was supposed to be built not by our works, but by the grace of God. And God had already told Moses before that it shall not be of hewn stone. So while Ebele is actually going through hers, I'll quickly pull, pull, pull up what I was looking for. And so I can give us that scripture to back up what I claimed in chapter seven and eight. Go on, Abele. No, so is that the main takeaway? Oh, is that the main takeaway from your section? I'm just saying, what no, is No, 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 not at all. Like I said, my section has a lot about the temple. Okay. Yes. And the temple has all kinds of in, uh, all kinds of um, instruments inside that have certain width, certain heights, and each one of those things has to be studied in isolation, okay, and look at it as how it affects you and I today, or how it reflects something about you and I's life today. Do you understand? So there isn't a so, summary of the section, is what you're saying. 
no, there is no such thing as a sum. All these things we've been reading from First Samuel to whatever, you can't summarize it. Every chapter is a story in and of itself. <laughs> Do you understand? So, for example, in the first five chapters that Liz read to us, there was the story of Adonijah's rebellion, right? Yes. It, yeah. it, okay, good. But it was, that wasn't the whole book. That was just one part of it, okay? There was the part of Joab, you know, there was the part of um, making, getting Shimei killed. But if, I, if we, when, when Solomon killed Shimei, do you guys remember what Shimei actually did to deserve death? Remember, he didn't only kill, he, he didn't only kill um, Adonijah. He killed Adonijah, his uncle, and then um, Solomon's uncle, Joab. It's and, because Shimei, Shimei left the city of refuge. He told Shimei yes, to build, Yes, but to why build. was he put in the city of refuge? If you remember... It was to in, keep him... Yep. Yeah. Oh, because the king told him to build the house and live there, do not go anywhere. But I think it was because he wanted to keep him away from other people you know, from getting in trouble of trying to take over parts of the kingdom. Okay, but why did the king tell him to go stay there? What did he do? What had he done to the king? What had he done to anyone? He said he cursed them. He cursed who? He, he cursed Solomon. Solomon. No, he, called, he cursed David. Oh, David, yes. You remember we, in 2 Samuel, we read about when David was on the run from his son, Absalom. There was a guy who stood on the hill throwing sand and stones on David, saying, all your wicked deeds have come unto you because of all the wickedness you showed to the house of Saul, etc., etc." And one of David's guys said, should I go cut off his head? Remember? And David said, why are you, why are you saying that? My own son is trying to overthrow me. Why should I, if my son is, hates me so much, why should I be worried about a stranger who hates me? Leave him alone. So he had cursed David, but David never punished him. Now, when David was dying, remember David said, remember Shimei, the way he cursed me? Mm -hmm. I said I wouldn't touch him, but don't let him go down to hell in peace. So his father had given him instructions, okay, saying, I forgave this guy. No, not I forgave this guy. I let this guy live because he begged me. But he hasn't repented. If he gets the first opportunity, he'll take you out. So give him a chance. But if he blows it, take him out. Okay. Yes. Liz, Liz, you can use this book and write novels. You know that? Mm -hmm. It sounds almost like a yeah. mafia story, right? Like Don Corleone yeah. or something <laughs> on the deathbed, <laughs> telling his son, "Do not trust any of the Barzini clan." <laughs> okay, all right, go ahead, please. Who's reading chapter eleven through whatever? Billy. Okay, yeah. go ahead, Billy. Okay, so um, chapter eleven starts with Solomon, um, King Solomon. Um, you know, showing traits of um, his father. He loves women, or he loved women. And um, he 
married so many foreign women and the Lord warned him not to marry foreign women because they will convert him to their to worshiping their God, which was against you know the Lord. But he disobeyed and he married so many foreign women, like of course Queen of Sheba, um, and there were so many others. And each of them obviously come with their God and they'll be worshiping their God, and that displeased um, God. And so um, chapter 11 talks about uh, how the God, how God um, also very gave, gave Solomon a similar message to, to what he gave um, King David. And which was, he said that he would punish him, but not him directly. He would strip the kingdom away from him, but because of the covenant he had with his father, it wouldn't happen in his lifetime but it will happen with his offsprings, which is very interesting, you know, um, because I was having a conversation about this with my mom yesterday. And we, I just remember this story because of what, what we were saying on the phone about how God punishes us in our time. And she was saying, she wishes it happens to the people and not to their children. <laughs> and, and um, and uh, you leave and feel your punishment. And then I was saying, I was saying to her, well, sometimes the punishment is there. Nobody gets away with evil, but it might not happen to, it might not happen to the person. It might happen to their children, or it might happen later on in your life. But the good thing, the interesting thing about this is that God keeps His covenant. You know, if He's made a promise to um, King David, He kept the promise, even though His child. Um, um, went against the Lord, but he kept his promise. But he said, I would keep my promise to your father, but your offsprings will, will um, receive that punishment. So and it, it was going to strip him of the kingdom and um, he was going to raise up an adversary that would revolt against his kingdom. And he did. So the first adversary he raised was uh, a man called Hadad an Edomite. And um, after that, we also raised another adversary that revolted against um, the king, uh, against King Solomon. And his name was Jeroboam, that's King Solomon's servant. Um, uh, Jeroboam, um, this part I got to be confused because um, this is when it, Israel divided. Um, there were 10 tribes were supposed to go with one kingdom and then one tribe was supposed to then go with the other kingdom. And so from what I can understand here, the 10 kingdoms went with Jeroboam. So Jeroboam became the king over 10 tribes, sorry. And there was, one tribe, there was one tribe now left with King Solomon. Um, and that was Two. the tribe... Is it two? Yeah, Judah and then Benjamin. And Benjamin, yes. So Judah and Benjamin. Okay. Um, so so then you had two houses. Um, the house of the Bible keeps saying the house of uh, David, the house of Israel. Oh, sorry, the house of Judah and the house of da and the house of David. So I 
kind of got confused to, to keep tab of which one was which. And then, he, and then the Bible always say the Israelites. Well, so I understand from here that the 10 tribes were the Israelites and then the tribe of Judah were not part of the Israelites. Am I correct in saying that? Um, that's where it got Yes, from. yes, that's correct. That's correct. Uh, Judah and Benjamin were simply referred to as the kingdom of Judah. Okay. While the other 10 tribes were considered mm -hmm. Israel. Israel, okay. Yeah. Okay. So there was always, there was a lot of war between these two houses, these two, these two kingdoms. Kingdoms, yes. Um, and actually, I'll say that the whole of chapter 14, 14 and 15 was really about just different different kings rising up and still the, the two houses were always at, at war with each other. Um, but before I jump so far, let me just, let me go back a bit to um, the revolt against, one second, let me go back, I think it was, what do I, uh, something something I missed out that I'm trying to remember something very important I think it was the death of Solomon yes it was the death of Solomon when his son Rehoboam took over um, the, the, the kingdom that's the tribe of Judah and Benjamin so Rehoboam became the king and he was he consulted his father's um, advisors, which were the elders. So he consulted them and said, um, and, and they said to him, your father, in their words, your father made our yoke heavy. Now, therefore, lighten the burdensome service of your father. Um, so, which meant just to maybe to use a bit of a soft hand to rule them, basically. Um, but then he 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 ignored them and went to consult his age grade, his age mate, so the younger generation. And they told him, um, "No, what you should say to them is, your father made our yoke heavy, um, but let me read it exactly the way they said it here." You should say to them, whereas my father put a heavy yoke on you, I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scourges. So basically saying to them, they said to him, you need to, you know, be a lot more tougher than your father was against these people. Um, I didn't, they didn't explain the reason why they gave him that advice. I don't know if it's anything to do with the fact that they revolted against his father's kingdom. Um, I'm guessing that's the reason, um, but then if that's the reason, that would be the other 10 tribes, not the tribe of Judah and, right? Am I, uh, anyway, this is confusing. I need your help here. So, so sorry, say that again. Yeah. Say that again. Well, he, they came to him to say, well, that's Rehoboam, that's uh, King Solomon's son. After yeah. King Solomon No, what died. was your question? What was your, I know what happened. What's your my question? My question is why... They came to him to say, your father made, made life hard for us, make it easier. But the, the response he gave them was, my father made life hard for you, but I will make it even harder for yes. you. So why did he say that? 
What was his because reason? Because the Bible already told you, because his friends advised him to say that. Why did they advise him to say that? They felt that it, that's the way to be a tough king. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I, I wasn't sure um, because he didn't really say exactly why they gave him that advice. Yeah, because the elders who served his father told him when those people come and ask you what is your response to their request, tell them it's okay. I'm sorry that, you know, we, we're harsh on you. I'll treat you soft. I'll treat you nice. Just be loyal to the kingdom. Yes. And when his younger friends came and said, what advice did the old men give you? And they, he told them, said, ah, tell them you're going to be worse <laughs> than your dad. That way yeah. they'll fear you. Yeah. Okay. And well, it ended up causing, yeah, there was overkill. Yes, because then that, that increased the, the, the war that went on between the two houses. Correct. Okay. Um. Okay, so uh, I think that's it. And again, uh, Jeroboam, um, which was uh, the king of the, the of, of Israel, the other yes. ten tribes, was doing something similar to what King Solomon was doing, which was worshiping a lot of foreign gods, and God wasn't happy with him. And then God said, yes. I, you know, I tore out the uh, house of Solomon and gave it to you, but you disobeyed me, right. foreign gods. And again, I'm going to... He was afraid that people, the people would leave him and long for Jerusalem, where the real temple was. Mm. So he went and made up his own religion. He even yeah. chose his own priest and chose his own holy day. And he mm. says he chose his own priest from the lowest of people. So like the worst guys to be priests. Not the best guys. He chose the worst guys. <laughs> the one, you know the one that gets me is the one where he actually chose a day. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens today, isn't it? We have a lot of Jeroboam. Of course. Of course. But we, we no longer have kings. You know, the, the, one thing I take from Samuel and kings is how God was the one that gave the people their king those days. So that even if the king was not perfect, the king made mistakes, there was still that the fact that they were ordained by God you were bound to, if you, if you went against them, you know, you got punished by God for going against authority that he gave you. But, yeah. but, today, but today, God doesn't give um, countries kings anymore. You, you know, Actually, God, he does. No, he does. Would you say that God gave, gives to these kings today? No, no, of course not. Just like some of the kings in the Bible were not given by God, a lot of kings today, and when we say kings, we're not just talking about kings, we're talking about governors, we're talking about presidents, yeah. um, prime ministers. Yes. Okay. There's some that are from God, and there are those that are not. Yeah. But, the, the part that leaves range. When but we're, we're, going to be, we're going to be digressing now if we go into the details, and we haven't finished the chapter. So we, what I want us to do is finish the chapter so that mm. we know we finished it, and then we can come back and then chew on anything else. Yeah, so well, I think that's it anyway. I think in summary, is just a war. This, this what I read was basically a war between. This is the when the house of Israel divided, and the the ongoing you know endless war between yeah. the two houses. And they never came together ever again. Yes. Until they were put into captivity. Yes. All right. And I guess that's a cause because of the fact that they. No, 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 no. There's, yes, it was, it was the act of God. I wouldn't go as far as calling it a curse. It's just the, they had served their purpose and they had demonstrated that 
a, a nation without Christ couldn't be what God wanted. Mm. That's all. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's why when Jesus came, rose from the dead, his disciples asked him, Master, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Do you all remember that? Yes. And Jesus said to them, go away. It's not your business to know the times and the seasons that the Father has kept within his own power. But you go be my disciples and preach my gospel. Okay, please, can we go on to chapter 16? Or whatever chapter is next. Whoever is next. Dr. K, I think. No, I don't think anyone chose that chapter. Nobody um, chose 16 through. Um, I'm supposed to do 19 to 22. Oh, really? Mm. Yes. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yes, because okay. mom didn't choose. Okay. All right. That's fine. That's fine. Um, I think I can do 16 through. Okay. All right. So let me let me do 16 through. All right. So in chapter 16, it's talking mostly about the kings of Israel. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you'll see some names here. Uh, I don't know if how your Bible is, but in my Bible, between chapter 7 and chapter 8, there's like a note. You'll see the names Kings Ella, Zimri, Omri, and Ahab. Okay? Now, these are the kings of Israel. Okay? They were all bad guys. And they went from bad to worse by order of service. Okay? Mm -hmm. So when you want to talk about the bad kings of the Bible, there is no better king than King Ahab. Okay? Okay, maybe King Herod, right? But King Ahab, guess the name of his wife? Jezebel. I mean, just I mean, that just tells you, that just tells you what kind of guy he was, right? So these kings were all the kings of Israel. So chapter six is just a chronicle. Okay. Look at chapter five. Sorry, I'm sorry. Look at verse five. Just as, a, just as a passing note, okay? In chapter 16? Yes, in verse 5 of chapter 16. Kay, can you read that? Amen. Amen. Now the Amen. rest of the acts of Basha and what he did and his might, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? Does anybody know where the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel is today? Chronicles? One and two. Exactly. The book of Chronicles. Okay. All right. So I just wanted to pull that out. So you see here how we know the book of Chronicles is scriptural because the book of Kings mentions it. Okay. Yeah. So after Basha dies, it's just telling us about all the other Kings of Israel. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then if you go to verse 15, it says in the 20 and seventh year of King of Asa, King of Judah, did Zimri reign seven years? Now, Asa... Seven days. Huh? He reigned seven days, not seven years. Oh, I'm seven sorry. Years. Seven days. That He must have been so bad. God said, no, no, no. i got to take this one out quick. Yeah, it was okay. only seven days. That's the critical thing about that. Right. Okay. And notice it's telling you that these people reigned in the time of Asa, who was king of where? Judah. Judah, very good. So we can tell from this that the people documenting this 
must have been from the kingdom of where? Israel. Judah. 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 Because they assume that the reader knows when Asa reigns. Do you get that? Mm. Hello? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. They're, saying, they're saying these kings, okay, okay, reign in the days of Asa. Okay? Okay. okay. If you look at verse 23, it said, and in the 31st year of Asa, king of Judah, began to reign who? Omri. Omri. Okay. So we're seeing um, Ella, Zimri, Omri, and Ahab all reigning during the time of one king of Judah. Asa was a good guy. Okay. You, anybody ever met somebody whose name is Asa? No. No. Okay. There's a congressman called Asa Hilliard. Anybody ever heard of him? Have well, anybody, anybody, has anybody ever met anybody who's named Zimri? No. What about Ahab? No. What about Omri? No. No. Nobody no. names their children after those guys because they were bad guys in the Bible. Okay? Now, they reigned and died quickly, but Asa was going strong. Okay? All right. Now we'll go to chapter 17, and this is about Elijah. Notice that chapter 17 starts with, and Elijah the Tishbite, okay? So this person is writing. It doesn't tell us where Elijah, who's Elijah's mother was, his father, his career, whatever. It just says, and Elijah the Tishbite, because it's assuming that the person that this was written to, or the people this was written to, were written to, knew about Elijah, correct? Yes. Yeah. Everybody that has ever spoken about Elijah, any of you who's ever spoken about Elijah ought to remember, when you hear the name Elijah, think 1 Kings chapter 17, because that is where he's introduced. He's like a very strange figure. He just comes out of nowhere, all guns blazing, okay? And he goes straight for the jugular, okay? says, and he comes straight to the king, okay? And remember, he's, Elijah is where? Is he in Israel or in Judah? He's in Judah. No, he's in Israel. Okay? Remember, where are the bad kings? Israel. Exactly. <laughs> okay? So this book is telling you, okay, there are some bad kings in Judah, but most of the bad kings are in Israel. Israel. Okay. So God raises um, Elijah. Elijah is not a priest or anything. He's just a common person that God anoints and becomes a prophet. And he comes and he goes to the king and says, as long as there's a God, there'll be no rain in Israel until I say so. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And Straight away, there's a drought. And look at verse 7. seven let's say seven, 7 to 9. Amen. Amen. And it came back to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. 
And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Okay, so we know this story. He goes to the woman and says, give me to eat. And the woman says, I have nothing to feed you. Now, remember, if you look at verse 5 of verse 6, that even the ravens brought food to Elijah, right? Yes. Now, yes. comes to a human being, and God said, I have commanded. Didn't God say he has commanded the woman to feed Elijah? Yes. Okay, yes. let's see what the woman says. And, and uh, let's see. To verse 12. Verse 12, there you go. What does she say? And amen. And she said, amen. As the Lord God thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. Okay, so here we are. God has told you that he has commanded this woman to feed you. You go to her and she's telling you based on what she can see that she has nothing except what she and her son are going to eat now and die. Why do you think this is in the Bible? Just to tell you a story or to tell you that you should also begin to expect the impossible. What do you think? Expect the impossible. To expect the impossible. That's why this is here. Okay, I don't want to take too much time. I wish I could, but let's move on. So, after a while, uh, the rain comes, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And in chapter 18, sorry, before the rain comes, in chapter 18, there's a contest between Elijah and the priest of Baal. Remember, Jezebel had brought priests from her home country to serve Baal. And well, it said that Ahab decided that Israel would worship Baal. That's what made him so bad. He decided- Right, right, of course, allowed, he, because his wife Jezebel, we know she was the one behind it because when Elijah killed the priest of Baal, she swore that she would kill Elijah, okay? Yes. All right, very good. We're skipping over that. Glad that everybody read it, okay? And uh, afterwards, God um, brought the rain, okay? Okay, and everybody was healed. And then finally, God comes to Elijah because Elijah is scared of Jezebel, remember? He runs to a cave and he's hiding. And then yes. God says, okay, okay, look, I'm done with you. I need somebody else to do my work. Go and anoint Elisha to take over from you. And that's where uh, Dr. K, you take over from, chapter 19. Okay. Okay, in chapter 19, um, Ahab tells Jezebel that Elijah had slain all the prophets. And that's when, like you said, that Jezebel decides that... Uh, um, she's going to kill Elijah. That she's going to kill Elijah. Okay, and... Um, and that's when Elijah decided to go into hiding. That's uh, yeah. chapter 19. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. And then what's interesting in chapter 19, if you look at 
um, at um, verse 10, starting at verse 10, um, from verse 10 to verse 12, it says, Amen? Amen. Chapter 19, verses 10 to Amen. 12. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenants, thrown down thy altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even only I, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire a still small voice. That uh, Earth, wind, you know, and fire. Yes, but the God was the still small voice, not the, not the earthquake, not the wind, and not the fire. That's 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 what struck me about chapter nineteen that that God was the still small voice. He told Elijah to go and stand there on the mountain, and all these things happened. But God was in the still small voice. That uh, to me, the message there is that we see a lot of things happen, but it's that still small voice that is the voice of God that we have to listen to, not all the loud. Um, flamboyant things that we see. Maybe I'm wrong. Correct. Okay. And then like, uh, ba like basically it's like the wise men going to look for Jesus in the mighty palace of the king because they knew a king had been born but actually he was in a humble manger. So yes. that's basically what it is. The Lord wasn't in all the noise in all the crusades and all the whatever, but it was in the small fellowship where people were serious with God. Yes. Okay. Um, then in verse 19, Elijah, Elisha, uh, Elijah chooses Elisha to be um, a prophet and uh, he was plowing oxen and uh, he takes the, the yoke of the oxen, oxen and he slews the, the Israelites. Um, and he says in verse 21, amen. And he returned amen. back amen. from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people and they did eat. Then he went and ministered after Elijah and ministered unto him. Um, but the people that he was slewing. So, so basically he slew, he slew, he was working, okay, with two yoke of oxen when Elijah ordained him. And he knew yes. he was no longer going to be in secular work anymore. So he slew the oxen, took the wood that he was using to hold the oxen. He must have been a pretty strong guy. And yes. caught the food, the, 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 the uh, animals, the animals roasted them and shared it with the people from his hometown and left. Yes. Okay. What about chapter 20? 
and in chapter 20, um, that uh, there was a war between um, Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, and um, Israel or Samaria. And uh, yes. Ben-Hadad told, uh, told the king of Israel that he was going to take all their silver and gold and their wives and their children everything, the best of what Israel had was going to be taken by Syria. Uh, and King Ahab was worried. Yes, King Ahab was very worried. And he asked him all of the, um, all of the wise men to come and tell him, um, is he going to win this war? Or is he going to lose this war? And uh, so he asks all the guys that he knows. And um, That uh, um, basically most of the most of his uh, because remember the priests that he had were from the lowest of the people. Of course, they all told him he was going to win this battle. And um, but there was one prophet that came to him and told him no, he was going to lose. Micah. Yeah, Micah told him yeah. he was going to lose. Um. Okay, and then what happens in verse 23, uh, it says, and the servants of, the, this is uh, chapter 20, and the servants of the king of Syria said unto him, their gods are gods of hills, therefore they were stronger than we, but let us fight against them in the plain, and surely we will be stronger than they. And do this thing, take the kings away, every man out of his place, and put captains in their rooms. And number thee an army, like the army that thou hast lost, horse for horse and chariot for chariot, and we will fight against them in plain, in the plain, and surely we will be stronger than they. And he hearkened unto their voice and did so. Um, and basically, they had lost the first round to Israel. Yes. And the generals were given the, the king a story that it must be because the gods that the Israelites worship were gods of the, of the hills. And so they should try to take the battle next time to the plains and they'll defeat them there. And God sent a prophet saying, because the Syrians haven't given me the glory and said that you guys won by, you know, uh, gods of hills, uh, I'm going to come and fight against them again on the plains so they know that I am, I am the true God. Yes. Okay. Now, remember, God is not happy with Israel. He's not happy with yes. the king, but he's fighting for them because the other guys can't keep their big mouth shut and they're ascribing their loss, not to God, but to gods. Yes. So the Israelites are benefiting by default, not that God is pleased with them. Yes. Okay. Abelia, does that, uh, anybody else? Okay. Go ahead, Dr. K. Sorry for interrupting. Continue. Okay. Then in chapter 21, um, after that victory that God gave to him, it, um, I think Ahab gets to be too big for his britches again. And uh, he sees the vineyard of Naboth and he wants that vineyard. And he tells yes. Naboth that, um, let me buy this vineyard from you. And Naboth says, no, I'm not gonna give it to you. 
and he says uh, in verse three, chapter 21, verse three, and Naboth said to Ahab, the Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. So Ahab was very upset about it. And Jezebel um, told her husband, wait, aren't you the king? You want this vineyard? I'll get you this vineyard. So um, she goes and uh, puts a plot together to take the vineyard from Naboth and give it to her husband. And uh, so I'm sure that that didn't please God at all. And um, that, that uh, in the process- She gets, she gets, the, she gets the guy killed. Yes, she gets the guy killed. Yes, in, in verse 15, and it came to pass when Jezebel heard that Naboth was stoned and was dead, that Jezebel said to Ahab, arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth, both the Jezreelite, which he, he refused to give thee for money, for, both, for Naboth is not alive but dead. So she had him put to death, and uh, he accepted that from his wife and took the vineyard. And then um, God punished him in verse 19 uh, of verse 20, chapter 21. And uh, it says, and thou shalt speak unto him saying, thou thus saith the Lord, hast thou killed and also taken possession? And thou shalt speak unto him saying, thus saith the Lord, in the place where dogs lick the blood of Naboth shall dogs lick thy, lick thy blood, even thine. So um, the chapter ends up with um, Ahab being killed and um, that his his um, the blood the, the blood that uh, from his body runs down on the ground and the dogs do end up lapping up his blood all right So um, we can see that there is there are lots of moving parts here in this First Kings, okay? But to summarize, we started with the book of, um, was it Ruth we started with or Judges? Judges. We, we started with the book of Judges. Anybody, everybody can unmute themselves right now, please, if you want to. So you can speak if you want to, okay? We started off with the book of Judges and there was a particular phrase that was always repeated in the book of Judges and we talked about that phrase. The, uh, Mr. Bella, do you remember what that was? In the book of Judges? Uh... Yes. Every, every five four or five chapters, the writer would repeat that phrase. In... Um... As it pleases God, is it? No. Anybody else want to try? In the book of Judges, you would always run into a phrase. You would say, there was no king in Israel at this time. So every man did that which seemed right in his own eyes. His own eyes. Yes. Do you remember that phrase? Yes. And we said we're starting from there because we're going to come to a place now where we see how they go through the judges 
and they transition into kings. We're now at the kings, okay? Okay. So in the book of Judges, we find that the last judge, okay, we go, we go from the book of Judges, we read about, we read about um, Gideon, Samson, Jephthah, Deborah, all those judges, right? Mm -hmm. And finally, there's a young man called Samuel, whose mother couldn't, whose mother couldn't have a child before she had him, and she dedicated him to God, and she took him to the temple. And there, the prophet, not prophet, the priest Eli took the boy in and one night God called the boy several times and the boy kept going to Eli and Eli, the old man figured out that it must be God calling the guy. Okay. It must be God calling the guy. So he went to, uh, back to his room and he heard a voice, uh, he heard the voice again and he did what Eli said, which was tell God to speak to me, to, to you that you're listening. And God told him, I'm going to take away the priesthood from Eli. I'm going to, um, I'm going to do, you know, I'm basically I'm going to take the priesthood from Eli and all that. So we saw that Samuel took over, but his son, Samuel's sons did the same thing Eli's sons did, remember? And then the people said, we've had it. We want a king. And a king was given to them whose name was what? Saul. Saul, the first king right? Mm -hmm. And Saul was told by God, go and do this. And Saul would go and do half of it and say he had done it. And he did that a few times and God got angry and said, I'm going to take this title from you and from your family. I'm going to give it to somebody else. And he gave it to David. Everybody remember that? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And David served. And for a long time, we know the mistakes he made with Bathsheba. The baby died. And um, later on, they had another child called Solomon. David decided that Solomon was going to take over from him. And that's where we got to today. We start, that's where we started today with Solomon. And from there, we moved on to Solomon's son, Rehoboam, who rather than listen to the elders who had served with his father, listened to his younger friends who gave him bad advice, which caused the division of the country. Okay? Now... The country is divided into Israel and Judah. And this whole first Kings is telling us mostly about the kings of what place? Judah or Israel? Israel. Israel. Okay, Israel. There you go. Okay. Everybody seems to be kind of slow today. Only Dr. K seems to be on the alert. <laughs> well, I think that what you're saying um, in uh, chapter 22. Uh, before they have that last battle of uh, in Samaria against yes. the Syrians, that there's a verse, um, verse 17 in chapter 22. And yes. it says, and he said, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have not a shepherd. And the Lord yes. said, these have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. So even yes. though they had a king, Yes. That they had no master. Right, right, right. And this is the king of this is the king. This is the nation of Israel. It's talking about the ten tribes. Yes. Okay. It's talking. So basically, what God was saying is that look, this guy Ahab, he doesn't really operate like a king. Okay. 
loading up like a king. Okay. And now, when, when Jehoshaphat took over from Asa in uh, chapter 22, at verse 42 yeah. and 43, it now, says... Now, quickly, before you go any further, it's very important now. When you're talking about Asa and Jehoshaphat, you have left First Kings, which is concentrating mostly on the kings of Israel. So point out to us that Jehoshaphat and Asa were kings of Judah. Yes. Okay. Now, yes. Jehoshaphat went to help Ahab because he said, ah, you're my cousin, right? Yes. Not, not blood, I mean, but, you know, I'm the king of Judah, you're the king of Israel, and now you got to fight these silly Assyrians. Well, let me come help you. Okay? Yes. Now, Jehoshaphat was a good guy, but he mm -hmm. didn't listen to God. Okay? Yes. Well, in it's, in fact, he almost got killed. Yes. Go ahead. What I was going to say was in um, verse... Uh, 42 and 43 um, in verse 43 it says and he walked in all the ways of Asa his father he turned not aside from it doing that which was right in the eyes of the Lord nevertheless yeah. the high places were not taken away the right. people offered and burnt incense yet in the high places yes. so he still did not root Israel he did not root out of Judah the worship of other gods because they weren't correct. Worshiping, you will see that. Not, yeah, go ahead. They were not worshiping God in those high places. They were worshiping um, idols and other other um, spirits. No, they weren't worshiping. Now God. remember that Solomon also had that problem at the beginning, but he didn't worship other gods there. He worshipped God there. Even even sacrificing a thousand bulls to God there. Yes. And. Worshiping the high places, God didn't like that. Even though you are correct, these particular guys were worshiping all the gods there. But never always assume that high places necessarily means they were worshiping the, the false gods there. Okay? God just didn't like the high places, period. Whether it was he you were worshiping or other gods. And so even Solomon, in the beginning, when he was cool with God, was worshiping God in the high places. And the Bible says God didn't like that. But it was God he was worshiping. Okay. Yes, and then after and I could, yeah, go on. Then after um, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, died, his son Jehoram reigned in his place, and right. uh, and then after Ahab died, Ahab's son Ahaz, Ahaziah, whatever. Yeah, Ahab's we're not we're not trying to get the name of every king in. That's not what we're right. trying to do. We're just trying to get a context right. of what's but, going on. A picture. Has, Everybody will but, be able to figure out who was who and who was who. But the general but, picture, the, right, color, the, picture the general picture. To, what I was trying to ahead, say was ahead. Ahab's son also served Baal and worshipped him. And so God yeah. was angered against Ahab's son also because he yeah. didn't choose to follow God. He just chose to serve yeah. Baal. The, Israel, the kingdom of Israel was a lost case. The king of Israel yeah. was a lost case. Okay. They, they, I mean, they were just a lost case. Okay. Now, in, in the book of Second Kings, we're going to see a couple good kings of Israel. And we're going to see a, a more good kings of Judah. But it's good for us to keep our mind on the big picture. Like I said, all these books we're studying... Judges, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, Kings, they're difficult to try to find a theme. You know, like when you study the book of 1 Corinthians, you have a theme, correct? 
Yes. That's not what we're doing here, everybody. Remember, we're just reading these things to have an understanding. Okay, like today, like Abele, you've, you, you discovered that this was where Israel and Judah split up when King Rehoboam listened to the advice of his, his contemporaries rather than listening to his elders, correct? Yes. Okay. In the future, when God wants to begin to teach you more things, he's going to come back to these things. He's going to take from these things and he's going to teach you and direct you what he wants to do with your life. Amen. 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 The Amen. reason we're doing this is this what we're what we're accomplishing here. I want everybody to understand this is a big deal what we're doing. Take it from me. It is a big deal what we're doing. Okay. I agree. We're not going as in-depth, and I promise you, even if we were sitting in one room, one to another, we wouldn't even go any deeper than what we're doing now. So the distance doesn't matter. The picture, what we're doing is we're getting a lay of the land. You can now see how many Christians are you going to meet now who can actually tell you the connection between Judges and the book of First Kings? How many? But you can. You can. You can start from Judges and talk about the history and all the things that happened with David and so on. And right now in your head, it's just a story. But you wait in a couple of years, maybe in a few months, something is going to come up. And you're just going to know what to do because you studied the book of Samuel, the book of Kings, the book of Judges. Do you understand? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In the way, you see the way Solomon related with Shimei. You see the way he related with Adonijah, his brother. You see the way he took them out. There are people in your life you need to cut off that same way. What you read there was not an example, not ex an example from God to you that this is how to go cut off people's heads. It's an example of how to cut off people from your life that are no good to you. Do you understand? Yeah. Don't be a stickler for pain and sorrow. Some people got to go. That's what you're reading there. It's not a cut off this guy's head, okay? Some other guy ran to the temple and was holding the horn of the temple said, you'll kill me here. And Solomon said, kill him there. Why? Because he had killed two other innocent men, okay? okay. And he did not deserve any kind of whatever. When Benaiah yes. went there, Benaiah the executioner, man, that guy must have been burly, okay? <laughs> he was the person <laughs> Solomon always said. But what I'm saying is, just study the books. Just know the stories. Don't worry about the deep things of the book. You hear what I'm saying, everybody? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just, just, just study the book. Just know the story. Don't worry about the deep thing. Just know the general thrust of the gist. Next week, we're going to Second Kings. Now we're going to read about other kings. Don't try to know who came after who, who came after. Don't, don't worry about that. That will come later. Right now, just know what was going on, what was happening. Do you understand? Don't try to know whether it was Ben-Hadad or it was this. You know, there's some people who will stick out, like Ahab sticks out. We want to know who Ahab is. But I don't, I don't want to really remember who Zimri is, you know, or Ella or whatever. Ahab, well, that's the guy who married Jezebel. Well, Zimran was the captain of the guard that, um, you know, killed off the officers and proclaimed himself king. And then found himself, he was only king for seven days. Okay, okay. So that's, 
See how that stood out to Dr. K? That's good. So uh, for every one of us, different things will stand out. Don't worry. Just as you read, what you need to stand out will stand out. Don't go micro microscopically, I'm going to create a word here, trying to learn, you know, study the scriptures. Just for now, read it at surface level. Get to know the gist. Get to know the thrust of what's taking place. Okay? You will come back again on your own to all of these things. And then God will start showing you mysteries. Start showing you things. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So, so never feel like I'm trying to stop you from speaking. I'm trying to help you to make sure that you concentrate on the majors and not what I consider to be the minors. There might be my, there might be majors also, but from my perspective at this point, they're kind of minor. The big thing is, you know how Israel came to be, how Israel ended, how it became two kingdoms, and finally you're going to see where they're going to go into captivity. Okay. Okay. First, Israel will go into captivity, and lastly, Judah will go into captivity, and that will be the end of Israel. Okay? Mm -hmm. They'll be scattered all over the earth, and by the time of Jesus, they have a king in Jerusalem called King what? Herod. 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 And he's not even an Israelite. You see that? Yeah. He's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's an Edomite. Okay? But he wants to, he wants to be still doing the service of God because the Romans have allowed people to keep worshiping their God. The, the Jews to keep worshiping their gods. Okay. Okay. All right. Is there any question or anything else I'd like to end at this point, unless there's something important we need to talk about? No, just a clarification that, sure. um, that King Solomon did um, I thought that it said that he did worship the gods of his wives. In his later years, very good. Thanks for that clarification. At the end of his life, at the beginning of his life, he worshiped God in the high places. Okay. Yes. God didn't like that, but he, was, he, he did it because there was no temple and he didn't know any better. Right. Okay. So I think even if you, you can find it. Um... Because that okay, was look at chapter three. Punished. No, that's the, in the end of his life. Yes. Okay. But he wasn't punished for worshiping the high places at the beginning because there was no temple and he didn't know any better. Look at chapter three. Yes. Okay. Verse three and four. Okay, so no, let's take it from verse 2 to 4. 2 to 4. Anybody can. 1 Kings chapter 3, Amen. verse 2 to 4. Go ahead. Amen. The people were sacrificing on the high places, for up to that time no temple had been built in the name of the Lord. Solomon loved the Lord and obeyed the statutes of his father David, yet he offered sacrifice and burnt incense in the high places. Verse 4. The king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there because that was the most renowned high place. Upon its altar, Solomon offered a thousand holocausts. Okay. So now you see Solomon in the high place, but the Bible says he loved the Lord. Do you see that, everybody? Yes. Mm -hmm. He was doing the wrong thing, but God overlooked it 
because he loved the Lord. He was doing it as service to God. God didn't like it, and God documented it that, look, I really didn't like this, but you know what? I gave, I cut the guy some slack. He loved me, mm. okay? <laughs> All right. See, God is love, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Please, God didn't kill all those people. Those people killed themselves. All right. Can somebody close us in prayer, please? So I solicit your prayers. I solicit your support. Okay, I want to thank you for your time. For those of you who have been faithful, you know, supporting this work, for being involved, sharing these videos. Okay? Don't be, don't, don't, don't get weary. Don't be weary. Don't get tired. Your strength is supposed to come brighter and brighter every day. Okay? Keep pressing on. Share these videos with your family and friends. Start watch parties on Facebook. Go over this video so your friends and family can discuss it. Okay? And continue to write us. Write me through Facebook. Write me through you know, the, the comment section here on YouTube. Okay? So I want to encourage you. Thank you so much for the way you've been supporting us. Thanks so much for all that you've been doing. We really appreciate it. Remember what I said. If you want to continue listening to us, you can order. You can always go. Okay? To our website. You can see the online menu channels. That you can get us through, like I mentioned, um, Apple's iTunes, I met Apple iTunes, I mentioned um, Spotify, and I think Google. You can also, you know, there are other platforms also through which you can hear us through audio. Okay, I want to encourage you to subscribe to our channel and to, you know, hit the like buttons, hit the like buttons. I can't say that enough. Every time you watch these videos through YouTube, hit the like buttons. Now, if you're watching through Facebook or you're watching through some other video like WhatsApp, it's not going to show here, so you won't see a like. But if you're watching through YouTube, I want to encourage you. Or Facebook, wherever it is, I want to encourage you. Hit that like button. Okay? Hit that like button. It matters to us. Okay? Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for everything that you've been doing, you know, by watching our videos. 